Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day. I'm recording today's podcast around 3.50 in the afternoon here on Monday in Indianapolis. Why do I bring up that fact? Because we don't yet have the results for our Day 1 GSP Ace of the Day selections at the 2021 U.S. Open, of course. What makes the first week of a Grand Slam so fun? The fact that we do have so many different opportunities to watch so many different enjoyable matches. Of course, from a gambling perspective, each different match provides a unique chance to put a little bit of money in our pockets, capitalize on the fact that we here at Crack Rackets know we are the most well-informed. We are the best educated fans in the business, of course. Over the two weeks at Wimbledon, finished 29 and 20, up just over 11 units. Our goal here over the two weeks in New York to surpass those two numbers. And of course, every day I will offer all of you updates on how we're doing, working towards that goal for now. No day one results. We're going to get right into day two, our Tuesday picks. Of course, it's the second half of the first round. Top half of both the men's and women's singles draw promises to be a super, super fun day of action. Of course, in case this is the first time you're hearing this segment, I'll stop doing this as we get later in the event, but I'm going to run you through my favorite picks, my favorite money line selections, my favorite over-unders, my favorite parlays, and so much more. We're going to have some fun, but we're also going to, of course, take this opportunity to take advantage of all of the action and again put a little bit of money in all of our pockets with that in mind let's get into the picks day two of the 2021 u.s open here are my selections for the gsp aces of the day we'll start with the money line picks i only have one for all of you today and you'll notice a theme heavy on the americans on day two a lot of fun matches to watch but i also think a good opportunity for american tennis to show off its depth now will we even get one player in either men's or women's singles into the second week i'm not sure there are a lot of tough draws and we broke down those draws on saturday and sunday on our mini break podcast so if you want to hear a more extensive breakdown or you want to hear recaps of each and every day's actions, hop on over to that mini break podcast feed. But you look across the board, and again, coming into this event, 14 Americans in the top 100 of men's singles, 16 in the top 100 of women's singles. One of the players making their debut in the WTA top 100 this season is former junior Grand Slam champion, young American Claire Liu, who goes into her match tomorrow. Minus 130 over veteran Suwei C. Now, of course, you look for Suwei. She was a quarterfinalist at this year's U.S. uh, Australian Open, excuse me. And, of course, that is the big result. But, of course, that is really the one outlier result 
In her results, I would say over the past two seasons, you look for Suwe C over the course of that time, 14 and 21 overall since the start of 2020. You look for her over that time on hard courts. She's 12 and 12. And while, of course, that 12 and 12 does include that Australian Open quarterfinal run, it does include a run to the quarterfinals in Concord earlier this season. A, her run to that quarterfinals in Concord, she beat Ankita Reina. She beat, got, got, got a good win over Beatrice Haddad Maya before losing in three to Renata Zarazua, but neither of those are top 100 wins. You look outside of that, you know, she qualified in Cincinnati, beat Lauren Davis, beat Peyton Stearns before getting knocked out one and two by Goff. She beats Venus in Chicago before losing in three to Martin Sova. Those results are fine, but I don't think fine's going to cut it against Claire Liu. I think you need to have a big weapon right now to beat the 21-year-old young American who has been exceptional over her last 52 weeks, 44-18 and 18 overall. Now, a lot of that success has come at the ITF level. She won a 25K, uh, or excuse me, she made finals of 25Ks in both Boca Raton and Newport on hard courts at the beginning of this season. She goes to Chicago a couple of weeks ago, makes the semifinals there. And while, again, they weren't exactly blowed the doors off sorts of she beats Bonaventure, Kalinskaya, Dietchenko, players who are hovering around that top 100 before losing in three sets to fellow talented rising WTA star Emma Raducanu. You look for her overall in her last 52 weeks. I mentioned the 44 and 18. She's made quarterfinals at the WTA level in bowl. She made a quarterfinal in Bastad. Now, both of those results were on clay, but of course, she qualified in Wimbledon, won around there before losing to Rabakina. She beats Yastremska in three before losing in three resets to Rabakina in San Jose. Clearly, you know, she won a 60K on clay in Charlottesville back in April. She won a back, uh, 100K on Charlottesville uh, in Charlottesville in May as well. She won those two events back-to-back. She's playing the best tennis of her career once again, and I really don't, because I do think from a movement standpoint, if you've got the big weapons, you take big cuts at the ball, you make Claire Lou a little bit uncomfortable then, but if you're keeping the ball in the outer third or you're getting her, her time to set her feet, get to that ball, if she can strike it cleanly, Claire Lou's got weapons. And I just don't know if Sue say at this point of her career, yes, she'll throw in the slice. Yes, she'll throw in the variety. I think Claire Lou's going to be able to handle that. I think it's power, not craft, that Claire Lou struggles with. You look for Sue C here this season. She's at holding 56.7% of the time. That's, you know, 7%, 6%, excuse me, below her career average. She's breaking serve 35% of the time. That's 2.5% below her career average. You look for Claire Liu, she's holding serve 62.7% of the time. That's a career high. First serve win percentage, 61.4. That's a career high. Second serve win percentage, 47%. That's a career high. Also higher than Sue Se's current number of 44.5. Where Claire Liu trails the break percentage. Claire Liu's breaking only 31.5% of the time, which of course, you translate that to the top 50. Claire Liu's number 31.5 would be good for a top, I want to say, oh, it would actually not be that great. 31.5 break percentage would be good for about 45th amongst top 50 players. And that's because she takes big cracks at the ball. That's because if you have the power serve, you can definitely give her problems. But Sue C doesn't have that. Claire Lou's going to have clean rips at that ball, and so I do think she is going to find success in this match. You look at the money line opportunity here again, minus 115. 
Now, it is interesting to note Tennis Abstract's forecast for this first-round matchup between uh, Claire Liu, uh, for Claire Liu, excuse me, has her as the underdog in this matchup. You look for Claire Liu here against Sue C. She is uh, 29% to Claire Liu, uh, to Sue C's 71%. So, you know, that's the weighted on past performance. I think if you look at recent performance, I think the money line reflects this fact. By every metric, Claire Liu has been the better player. You look in 2021 overall, ELO, which measures your performance, who you're beating, what that score is here in 2021. Claire Liu in the 60s, Sue C number 98. Claire Liu's the better player. Minus 115 is too low of odds. So we're going to capitalize on that odds here. We are going to take Claire Liu as our money line selection with those, excuse me, minus 130 odds over Sue C. We're going to throw a unit on that to win 0.76. Again, I just think from an eye test perspective, from a metrics perspective, Claire Liu's been the better player of late, certainly I would argue since that Australian Open here in 2021. Give me Liu, uh, minus 130, one unit to win 0.76. That's our money line pick, ace of the day, number one. Now, aces of the day, two and three, both over-unders, both overs in terms of sets. Quick one on over three and a half sets in Musetti and Nava, which is minus 145A. Lorenzo Mus- uh, well, this is a rematch of, I want to say it was the 2018 junior, uh, 2019, excuse me, junior Australian Open final, a match uh, Lorenzo Musetti ends up winning in three sets, a match that many people who were there claim, and having seen the highlights, it was very good, but say it was the best junior slam final of the 2010s. These are two guys who know each other's games really well. And so, you know, yes, Musetti's the top 100 guy. Yes, Nava currently outside the top 300. But, you know, they're the same generation. There's not going to be the sticker shock for Emilio Nava you so frequently see with young players playing a first slam match because this is a guy across the net that not only has he played, but he's played at a grand slam venue before. B, Lorenzo Musetti's level of late has been an absolute nightmare. You look for Lorenzo Musetti here over his last 50... Uh, over his last six events, he's lost six consecutive matches. Now, of course, you'd have to go, you know, that starts with a round of 16 match at Roland Garros, excuse me, but since then, loses to Hercots, straight sets first round Wimbledon, loses to Laxon in three sets, Clay Bastad, loses to Millman first round Olympics, straight sets, Cincinnati qualies to Anderson, straight sets, of course, he got uh, withdrawn from the Canada Masters after he violated the COVID protocol. It wasn't an egregious violation, but it was a violation. He then goes to Winston-Salem loses to a guy who primarily has success on clay courts in Federico Coria in three sets. He's just not playing very good ball right now. Now, of course, you look still number 60 in the rankings, still just 19 years old. I'm not projecting any long-term struggles from a little blip on the radar for Lorenzo Musetti. I am suggesting he's vulnerable to lose set. And you look for Emilio Nava here this season, 30 and 14 overall. You look at what he's been able to accomplish of late. He made round of 16 in Prague, quarterfinals in Pasablanco. Uh, he also made finals of a 25K and won a 15K over the course of this past couple of months. He's playing good ball, and you look for him 14-9 and nine over his last 52 on hard courts, 28-22 and 22 overall. You compare that to Lorenzo Musetti, who's 28-23 and 23 overall in hard court matches in his career, 14-10 and 10 over the last 52 weeks, which has primarily been at the ATP and Challenger level as opposed to the level uh, Nava has been competing at. But Musetti is vulnerable. 
Nava is playing well. Nava's got big weapons. If you've never seen Emilio Nava play big first serve, big weapons from the ground, you look for him. He's holding uh, for over these last 52 weeks 77.9% of the time, breaking serve 26.2%. That's not top 10 club for either metrics, but you know that's hanging out in the top 30 for both stats. And of course, again, as the level of play continues to increase, prove for him it'll be interesting to see how those numbers fluctuate but he can hold serve he you know wins 70 percent of his first serves over these last 52 weeks that first serve is a weapon and again against Lorenzo Musetti he'll give you chances to attack I think Nava's going to put at least one good set of tennis together I think Musetti's got too much he's not losing the match in straight sets I just don't see that script happening at all but I don't see Lorenzo Musetti straight set win either and with that in mind you take the over three and a half sets at minus 145 now, only half a unit on that. We're not getting crazy here, but we are going to throw half a unit on that minus 145.5 units to win 0.34. That's over under number one, over under number two. This one's a little bit of a just a feeling, an inclination. I wish I had more statistics to back it up, but over two and a half sets in Kostyuk Sakari plus 190. Here's why I think it happens. A, Having a little action on the match to make it that much more enjoyable to watch. I don't think there's any flaws with that. But B, you look for Maria Sakari. Since reaching the Roland Garros semifinals and honestly should have won that match against Krejcikova, she's 5-5 five and five overall. Now, it's been a tricky schedule for her. The five losses, uh, uh, if you include, uh, excuse me, that Krejcikova loss, so I suppose 5-4 and four overall. But the four losses, Rogers on grass courts at Wimbledon, Svitolina in three at the Olympics, Azarenka 7-6 in the third in Montreal, Kerber 2-2 two and two in Cincinnati. Now, the Kerber one, that's a little concerning, but, it, you know, she played well, beat Kudermatova Buzkova. She's beaten Kontave since that stretch of time as well. Is it as electric as her start this season where she was making semifinals Abu Dhabi and, you know, uh, what was it in Miami? Semifinals, I believe, of Miami as well before losing in 3 to Andrescu. No, it hasn't been that level. But Maria Sakkari hasn't been bad by any stretch of the imagination. That's why it's not a money line pick on the underdog Kostyuk, who, in my opinion, is one of the five most talented young players on the WTA Tour, just turned 19 years old Kostyuk, up to a current career high in the rankings of number 55 right now, 35-18 and 18 over her last 52. She went quarterfinals in Chicago uh, in the week leading up to this U.S. Open. You look at her results at the Slams this year. Lost to Kudermatova, first round of Australia, but then made fourth round roll and Garros. Second round Wimbledon, she beat Burtons before losing a tight three-set match to Anastasia Sevastova. Two and three win over Kanepi in Chicago was particularly impressive. And I honestly, the fact that she even won a set in that quarterfinal match against Grachova was kind of surprising. But I just love the way Marta Kostyuk competes. And you look at it, the last three losses for her have all been three set losses. She just finds ways to scrap. And her power gives opponents problems. And she goes down swinging. And you look for her this season in terms of her percentages for Marta Kostyuk. They haven't been crazy overall, but you look for 
obviously she's trending in the right direction, going to have career highs across the board as she's so young. But you know, she's holding serve 67.6% of the time. She's breaking serve 40.1% of the time. Now that break percentage amongst WTA players would be good, I believe, for – let's see. She would be right above Nadia Podoroska. She would be good for 16th in break percentage. That hold percentage, you know, 67%, that would be on the lower side. That would be about number 30th around the Kerber von Drusova range. But she's going to put pressure on Maria Sakari with her return of serve. And if she's serving well, creating first strike chances for herself, again, I just think this is going to be a competitive match. Sakari is playing well, but not well enough to be the prohibitive favorite. Kasia competes well, but isn't necessarily playing lights out well enough to be the surefire upset pick. As such, you take the over two and a half sets in Kostyuk Sakari. And in particular, again, I like Kostyuk's ability to pressure that Sakari forehand with the pace of her backhand down the line and just the pace she plays with in general. When Kostyuk goes down the line, it's not just going to be easy tracking for Maria Sakari, who of course is one of the best movers, particularly on a hard court on the WTA Tour. But Kostyuk's got the sort of firepower that can hit through that movement. I think it's going to be a really good match. Blockbuster, three sets, plus 190, half a unit on that to win .95. That's ace of the day number three now of course it wouldn't be a gsp ace of the day segment if i didn't offer you up a couple of parlays this is where the heavy on the american tilt begins to come into play you start with our first parlay Shelby Rogers minus 245 over Madison Brangle. Now, we saw Shelby go on a run here in New York last year. I believe it was quarterfinals, if not round of 16. Point being, her power tennis in New York, the big serve, the big forehand, when she's clicking, it translates. Now, she hasn't played her best tennis of late, but minus 245 over Madison Brangle, who, of course, puts a million balls in play. But that match is squarely on Shelby's racket. I think New York crowd will bring out her best. I just think she has too much firepower for Madison Brangle. It's a matchup she's comfortable in, two players who know each other's games well. Give me Rogers minus 245 over Brangle. Give me Dennis Kudla on that as well, minus 215 over Laszlo Jure. Now, you look at Laszlo Jure's record of late. He's ranked number 51 in the world. He's currently 33-26 and 26 over his last 52. Dennis Kudla, 92 overall in the world. You look for him over his last 52. He is currently successful, 38-23. and 23. Some of that success, though, coming at the challenger level. The difference being, this is a hardcourt match. Laszlo Jure, 3-9 is in his last 52 on hard courts, 46-74 and 74 overall on the faster surface. He's a guy who's had so much success in his career on the clay. Meanwhile, for Dennis Kudla, I mean, I was firsthand, saw it in D.C., how fit he is, the wins over Nakashima, Fritz, and Lopez before getting knocked off by an informed Mackie McDonald. He qualifies last week in Winston-Salem before bowing out to Rusevori, but gets another couple of wins under his belt. You look for him since the start of the grass court season. Finals in Nottingham, quarterfinal Nottingham 2, round of 32 at Wimbledon before losing to Djokovic, round of 16 Newport, three-set loss to Brooksby, wins a match in Los Capos. The only outlier is the first round loss, three sets to O'Connell in Atlanta. But outside of that, Dennis has played not only really good ball of late, but really just, I think, the best tennis of his career over these last 52 weeks. Again, 38-23 and 23 overall. I think he's a lock, minus 215 on this surface over Laszlo Jure. 
And then Stevie J, Stevie Johnson, minus 225 over Max Martyr. Now, the fact that Martyr is a big lefty, absolutely into the one-handed backhand, gives me some pause. But you look for Stevie, quarterfinals Los Cabos, quarterfinals DC, loses a tight match to both Anderson and Popperin in Winston-Salem and Cincinnati, respectfully. I just think he's fit again. I think he's locked in, and I think the New York crowd will absolutely bring out the best of him. Of course, he made that final in doubles at Winston-Salem. He's just playing good tennis right now. He and Coach Mark Lucero have things figured out. You look for him. Won his first-round match at Wimbledon. Third-round Roland Garros this year as well in Australia. Did Stevie travel to Australia? I don't know that he did. And in fact, I'm looking at he did not. Uh, but those are two good results at the two slams this year. I look for him to get another first-round win over Murderer tomorrow, who, by the way, just to throw one more stat at you, 15 and 10 for him over his last 52 on hard courts. Of course, all of that success has come at either the challenger level or his first round win and subsequent second round loss in Australian Open qualifying. Give me the three Americans. Rogers, minus 245 over Brangle. Kudla, minus 215 over Jure. Johnson, minus 225 over Murderer. You parlay those three, plus 198. Juicy enough to throw a unit on. We're going to do so to win 1.98 in return. That's ace of the day. Parlay, I should say, number one. Parlay number two. We're going to stick with the Americans. Lauren Davis, minus 205 tomorrow over Victoria Tomova. Now, Tomova's been, you know, fine. Six and 11. Uh, you know, she's 23 and 29 in her last 52. Six and 11 overall. Davis, not too great either. 18 and 23 in her last 52. Six and 10 overall. But you look for Davis uh, here over these last 52 weeks. She does have the quarterfinal in Guadalajara. I thought she actually played a couple of really good matches. Or I thought she played a really good match, excuse me, first set at least, against Annette Conte. In, in, Cleve, uh, in Cleveland before losing, you know, the subsequent two sets, 0-0. But I just think the Davis is more solid right now than Tomova is erratic. You look for Tomova was able to get through two rounds of qualifying before being knocked out in three by Harriet Dart. You look for her prior to that was four straight losses for her on hard courts. Zavatska, Merton, Shinyu Wang, Teresa Martin-Sova as well. You look for her. She did get sets in two of those matches, but... I, again, this is a bet on the the solidness of Lauren Davis. Now, of all of these, you know, this is the one I'm a little bit afraid of, no doubt about that. But you throw that in the mix with Sebi Corda minus two sixty over Basilashvili. That's a bet on Sebi and Jensen Brooksby minus two sixty over Emer. Simply put, if you don't have a big weapon, I just don't think you're beating Jensen Brooksby right now. Plus one eighty five odds on that tempting enough to throw a unit. And let's be clear, Basilashvili has been good too. He could absolutely beat Corda tomorrow. But I just like the feeling of these two All-American parlays. I think tomorrow's a good day for American tennis. I can see the script unfolding. Again, you look at this parlay. It's Davis minus 205 over Tomova. Corda minus 260 over Basilashvili. Brooksby minus 260 over Emer. Plus 185. One unit. to win 1.85. To recap our five picks here today, we're sticking heavy American theme. Claire Liu, minus 130 over Suwei C, one unit to win 0.76. We're going to take the over three and a half sets in Musetti Nava, minus 145, half a unit to win 0.34. Over two and a half sets in Kostyuk Sakari, plus 190.5 units to win 0.95. 
We're also going to do a Rogers Kudla Johnson money line parlay plus 198, one unit to win 1.98, and then a Davis Corda Brooksby parlay plus 185, one unit to win 1.85. Those are your aces of the day for day two of this 2021 U.S. Open. Of course, if you want to see my complete list of thoughts, some picks I was considering that didn't quite make the ace of the day list, you can find them all on our website, crackrackets.com. A shout out as always to super producer Daniel Westoff for the f- of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. Recaps of each day's action available on the mini break podcast feed at the end of each day's matches. But of course, with all of that set for super producer Daniel Westoff and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, may the odds be ever in your favor. And hey, great shot. We'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com.